There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Sylvanas has gone safely back to the library. He asked if you all can, if you feel up to it, to try and figure out what happened to the young man that was with him. I am going to go and get the skull helmet off of the goblin and offer it to Rail. <laughs> I like point at my horns. <laughs> I appreciate the thought though. You know what? How, how about this? And I take it and can I like wrap it around, like hang it off my waist? Sure. Like a sick-ass talisman? Yeah. <laughs> like a white man belt buckle? <laughs> yeah, it's in front of me. Okay. It's dangling in front of me. I look like a cowboy. Excellent. That sounds fucking sick. <laughs> okay. Are you all ready to move into the next cavern? There is one door in and one door out of this room. Yeah. I. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The cavern is half filled with two large pools of water. A narrow waterfall high in the eastern wall feeds the pool, which drains out the western end of the chamber to form the stream that flows out of the cave mouth below. Low fieldstone walls serve as dams holding the water in. A wide exit stands to the south, while two smaller passages lead west. The sound of the waterfall echoes through the cavern, making it difficult to hear. Do we see anyone in here? Go ahead and roll a perception check, please. Uh, a three plus... Four, so a seven. I rolled a 15. Rill looks and says, yep, that's a waterfall. Zen looks and sees three goblins up ahead. They can't hear you because of the noise of the waterfall, but but they are there. The waterfall's so loud, I can't see. So I like pat Rill on the shoulder and gesture up ahead. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, yeah, I think this is a, it's all you, buddy. Uh, do you want to sneak in a, a little bit closer and I'll, I'll shoot him and then you can, uh, you can bash him in the head? Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take my surprise round attack then. Are they close enough? Well, oh, I guess you have stupid long range, so. I mean, are they within 150 feet? <laughs> yeah. They are definitely within 150 okay, feet. Okay, then I got a dirty, a dirty 20. Okay. So 1d8 plus 4. Oh, that's not great. 5 damage. Yeah, that's good. You give him a pretty good wound. But it could have been a great wound. That's true. It sure could have been. <laughs> All right. So, Zen, do you also want to... Was yours just to do a stealth check? Yes. Okay. I rolled an eight. All right. So, unfortunately, you are not stealthy enough. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> that would work out. As you approach the goblins, go ahead. Actually, both of you go ahead and roll for initiative. Okay. Uh, I got a, another dirty 20. I got a seven. I'm really bad at rolling initiative. <laughs> yeah, you all. Because you're so big. Yeah. Rill, go ahead and and you take your turn first. Okay, I want to shoot the one that I shot already. Okay, go for it. Oh my god! No, that's a seven. Thank fuck. Uh, it's a seven plus six. It is a thirteen. Okay, so you miss him, unfortunately. God damn it. Okay. 
So next is one of the goblins' turns, and he is going to attack Zen um, because she's closer, and he misses. So next it is Zen's turn. So did he move into range too? Yes. Okay, I'm in melee range? Yes, he's within five feet. Okay, so I'm gonna axe him. What are you gonna axe him? I'm going to ask him what he's doing later, and the answer will be nothing, because he'll be dead. Okay, I rolled a 15, and with my bonus, that's 20. Okay, you definitely hit him. Okay. And my damage is 8. Alright, he's dead. So we have um, another goblin up next. He attacks Zen, and your armor class is... 13. So he does 5 damage. Okay. And I'm not angry right now, so I take it. Okay. Rill, you are up next. Okay. Uh, is there one that's more injured than the others? No, that one's already dead. Okay. They're either dead or they're healthy. <laughs> oh, God, I'm rolling like dog shit again. Five plus six, so 11. I'm guessing that misses. Okay, so you missed him. Um, and he actually turns around and just takes off. Um, he runs into the next cavern um, kind of uh, behind him. Well, oh, shit. that could be uh, bad. Uh, we we should follow him because he might get reinforcements. Can I chase after him then? You can move, but yes. you have to kind of like wait until your next turn to do anything else. Did he move as like a reaction, or because he moved on my turn, right? No, sorry, he moved on his turn. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So then that would put Zen next in the order. Is he the only goblin left? The one who ran is gone, and there's one more left. Okay, the one who ran. I'm gonna try that spear thing again. Okay, go for it. Okay, I rolled a 16. Okay, so you do hit him. Okay, and 1d6 plus 3, I did 5. Okay, you hit him, but you don't kill him. Um, So another goblin, the remaining goblin in the cave, gets to go. And he he does not attack anybody, he misses. Oh, good. So, uh, Rill, it is your turn. Okay, I will try to shoot the one that ran off. Is he still within my view? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna try to shoot him. I rolled a 18. Okay, you hit him. Dope. Come on, headshot. I got 12 damage. Okay, you definitely killed him. Wow. Fuck yeah. I warmed him up for you. Yeah, I blow the tip of my arrow like a smoking gun. So then, um, Zen, it is your turn. Okay, so there's one guy who's... Still around me, and I'm gonna swing at him. Okay. I rolled a 24. Okay, you definitely hit him. And I did 12 damage. Okay, he's dead. Cool. So you killed all three of the goblins in this cave. So, looks like there is one cave ahead. There's just one opening. I'm gonna get my spear back, first of all. Oh, I am going to warn Rail that we're looking at a bugbear. They've got a a bugbear leader. Okay. Maybe we should grab two of these goblins and then just, like, shuffle in behind the corpses. Zen just, like, gestures at her entire self and is like, (laughs) I don't think that's going to work. Okay. Plan B. Can you just hold one goblin in each hand and then try to scare them? And then if they attack us anyway, just throw the goblins as weapons. Hmm. I like it. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, we should do that. And then hopefully we can just scare them and we don't have to fight because cause I'm afraid of brain damage. All right, let's go. Do any of these goblins that we just killed have anything helpful on them? They do not. They are useless. No teeth? No teeth. Okay. They, they have no... Are they gummy goblins? <laughs> I mean, they have teeth, but... Uh... Okay, so run me through your plan again. Okay, so so I think first I should sneak in, okay, and like scope the area out. And then if if we see them, I think maybe I should back out and then Zen comes in behind me holding two goblin corpses and we just try to intimidate them. Yeah, if you can figure out what's in there first without being seen, like it might not just be a bugbear. Yeah, so... Maybe we can scare them all, like do an intimidation check by by holding up the corpses of their brethren. And aren't you also wearing the skull helmet of the goblin leader? Yeah, the goblin chieftain, yes. Yeah. I'm using it as a cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so go ahead and uh, roll a stealth check. Okay, I'm going to use a new dice. I haven't used this one yet. Don't fuck me okay. over. Come on, baby! Uh, okay, it's not terrible. It's a 14. Okay. Um, so you go ahead then and safely atta- uh, safely sneak in there. Okay, what do I see? Sacks and crates of looted provisions are piled up in the south end of this large cave. To the west, the floor slopes toward a narrow opening that descends into darkness. A larger opening leads north down a set of natural stone steps, the roar of falling water echoing from beyond. In the middle of the cavern, the coals of a large fire smolder. You spot a bugbear uh, with a mangy pet wolf by his side and two goblins guarding him. Okay, that's that's all the people I see, like human humanoids and stuff. You uh, actually go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. Ah, um, thirteen. Okay. Um, you see. Oh, sorry, twelve. The, twelve. Okay. Um, you see in um. In the back with the provisions, you notice a um, limp humanoid body um, sort of like draped over a crate. Okay. Um, Then I'll go back out to meet Zen. Okay. And I'll let her know what I see. Uh, Yeah, I see see the bugbear boss and he's got a puppo and two two goblin lackeys. Um, And I think... I think maybe I saw Tom looking kind of sort of little dead baby. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we could probably take them in a fight, but I think we should try to scare them into like submission. Well, here's an idea. Yeah. What if we like lure, out, lure them out? Uh, with what? Yelling. What? But what would that do if we lured them out? Well, only, you know, they can't all get through the door at the same time, and maybe, like, just one goblin will come to see what's happening, or... Is it a door or, like, a cavernous opening? It's like a cavernous opening. Oh, okay. okay. yeah. <laughs> Never mind, I thought it was a door. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we should just go in there and try to scare them, and okay. hopefully they will. Yeah. Uh, you should definitely take the lead. Because I am not scary in comparison, but I will uh, hold up this trophy here, and I pick up the uh, skull that is hanging in front of me, and I'll hold it above me like a Legend of Zelda reward <laughs> treasure chest thing, and I'll... Okay. Yeah. So I'd like to give Zen the help action on her Intimidate. Okay. Yeah, so I've got a, a goblin in each hand, and I 
like just kind of stroll into the cavern and just like toss the corpses on the floor. Okay, so go ahead and roll an intimidation check with advantage. All right. All right, I got a 19. All right. Um, it's so a good thing I all, had that advantage, though, because one of my <laughs> dice was a one. Oh, no. So to say, can you, um, I don't think we've actually explained this. What's advantage? Uh, advantage is when you basically roll two dice and you take whichever is the highest. Uh, and you, there are various ways to get advantage, either through skills or through a help action, which is what I just did. I offered a help action by siling up beside Zen with the skull to try to intimidate these goblins so she could roll with advantage. Basically, if the situation allows for you to do better than normal or gives you an advantage, then a lot of times you'll get to roll advantage. Excellent. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So um, you intimidate the shit out of them. Goblins and bugbears and such are not very smart. And so you roll in there. Rill's holding up a skull, and I, I, I know you said, like, Legend of Zelda, but I'm imagining you, like, shaking it and screaming, too. <laughs> I'm just making, like, uh, I'm making, like, a buzzing noise. Like, I'm trying to imitate, this, like, a Roomba or something, because for some okay. reason, that's what uh, I think would intimidate goblins. I, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, so you, run, you run in there <laughs> making Roomba noises and holding up this skull um, and Zen walks in and just like yeets two dead goblin bodies <laughs> like right on top of uh, the fire pit in the middle of the room. And um, all of them, the goblin and the wolf and the bugbear all turn and look at you and there's just complete silence. Like you could hear a pin drop in there. All you can hear is the roar of the waterfall and the heavy breathing of the goblins. The bugbear takes a step forward and looks at you, and you can see his eyes are wild, and he says, Clark would like to know, what the absolute fuck? What is wrong with you? And everyone grabs their swords up, and they're just, like, completely overwhelmed. They have absolutely no idea what to do. So I just grin at them, which is... Probably a little terrifying, like in the firelight and Zen's sharp teeth, and there's probably some blood on her. <laughs> and she's just like, We want that human. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to think what they would do. Um, that's not what I expected. Um, Welcome to DMing. <laughs> I know. I know. I was doing pretty good. Y'all threw me that time. So, Clark. Turns around. That's the bugbear's name. It does say that in here. I'm not being cute. That's actually his <laughs> name. So Clark turns around and he like waves frantically at the goblins like go freaking get it for these crazy people. Um, so the two goblins scurry off and they lift um, Tom's limp body off the crate and uh, bring it over and lay it down in front of the fire. Uh, and Unreal would be like, um, we also want you to stop attacking the townspeople or... You're going to end up like this guy here. And I hold up the skull and make more Roomba noises. <laughs> Go ahead and roll another intimidation check, Fuck. please. I have a negative one. Oh, no. Zen, help me. <laughs> Do they have assistance from Zen being herself? Dope. Okay. Yes, I'll go ahead and say yes. Uh, 15. Okay, so um, you do actually successfully intimidate Clark. He holds his hands up and he's like, Clark will do whatever you say. That sounds great. Great. Sounds good. He's like super afraid of you. You're going to get out of here 
right now. Find somewhere else to be. You're not coming back here or I'll suck out your eyeballs. <laughs> so he he like salutes you and he turns around. There's a stalactite behind him and he grabs it and he shimmies on down. And that's the last you see of him. The wolf and the goblins run out behind you by the waterfall. And that's the last you see of them. They're out of here. Hey, you know what? We did a pretty good job there. Good job. I high five Zen. <laughs> Is Tom breathing? Go ahead and um, roll a perception check. No, medicine check. Okay. Yes. Medicine. Well, she has the healing kit. Well, go ahead and roll a medicine check first. Okay, I got a nine. Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, not. Tom is not breathing. Oh, no. So, he is, like, really dead. You would have to be an exceptional healer to be able to do anything. He has been dead for at least a day. Oh, no. Oh. Well, shit. I guess we could bring him back to the town, at least, so... That would probably be best. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to go ahead and let... Elsa know what to expect. Ooh. Um, I don't think we should walk into the bar like holding. Right, the- but are you capable of doing that gently? What? What was that? What? What, what do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I'm just going to go up there and be like, "Hey, we dealt with the bugbear and goblin problem, and uh, we found your brother. Mm. He's dead." Oh, okay. Um, maybe go in there ahead of me and like bring her somewhere outside. Okay, yeah, th- no, that's a that's a much better idea. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I will do that. Uh, yeah, I- I'll let her know that her brother's out outside. All right, so I will sling this corpse over my shoulder. Okay, I guess we start walking back to town. Yeah. Is there any like loot here? You said there's provisions. Oh and yeah, stuff, there right? were provisions. Yes, I put the corpse is. back down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a ton of stolen provisions uh, and as you get close to them you see that they have the um, logo of the Lion Shield coaster on them um, but it's way more stuff than you can carry there's also a small treasure chest nearby I want to open it okay um, there are 600 copper pieces in there any teeth there are no teeth uh, 110 silver pieces two healing potions and a jade statuette of a frog Oh. Aww. Just a little, little froggy. Hey, Zen, do you think Linda likes frogs? I feel like she might. I she feel like, like she absolutely loves frogs. Okay, She's well. screaming in your earpiece about how much she loves frogs. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to stash the statuette into my pockets uh, and hopefully bring it back to Linda as a present. And then, I, I honestly, we don't really need this money. We should probably give it to the townspeople. I think we just leave all this stuff here and tell them where to come and find it. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, uh, yeah. And I guess we go back to town. Okay. I pick the corpse back up again. Okay. Luckily, it's an uneventful walk back to town. Uh, you pretty much have taken care of the goblin problem here. Uh, you do hear a couple howls from some wolves uh, from the woods, but they sound pretty friendly. They sound maybe like they're saying thank you as opposed to we'd like to eat your face. <laughs> um, so good job, guys. Uh, That's you Blue, walk. Barry, and, and Muffin. Those are the, yes. the three wolves. <laughs> uh, yes, Blue, Barry, and Muffin uh, howl for you as you walk back to Fandolin. Aww. <laughs> I make that stupid barking noise I did. Really. <laughs> bark, 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 bark. bark, bark. <laughs> 
so as you walk back, uh, it's relatively uneventful. Uh, you don't get attacked by goblins um, or bugbears or um, the angry wolf, um, who's not one of your friends. Um, you do make it back to town. And uh, as you um, discussed, Rill goes first to talk to Elsa. Um, and Rill, are you basically following the plan that you came up with earlier? Yes. I just want to go over the script with Zen one more time. Okay. Okay. So I go in. I say, hey, Elsa. We chased away the goblins and the bugbear, and we found your brother. He's waiting outside. No, no, <laughs> no. What? Why is that? Is that, that is wrong? A little misleading. No? Oh, um. I mean, he's right here, and I gesture at his po- dead body. <laughs> oh no, that's so misleading. Oh, I think just find her. Don't tell her anything. Have her come and meet me outside. Okay, uh, so I shouldn't say anything about her brother. No. Okay, maybe do you want to go in instead, and I'll just watch the body out here. I I feel like you're better with words than I am. I I have I have negative one charisma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll I'll do that. Okay, okay, I'll just hang out with this with my boy here, Tom. All right, so uh, you go into the inn, and uh, as usual, Elsa is uh, slinging ales, slinging ciders, and uh, she looks up and notices you and looks at you very expectantly, hoping to hear some good news. So I'll kind of, like, gesture her over. I don't want to, like, just approach her in the middle of the tavern. I want to get her somewhat somewhere private. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so Elsa um, finishes uh, serving the ales and ciders that she has on her tray, and then she sets it down on the bar, uh, takes her apron off, and puts it on the tray, and then uh, follows you. All right, so I'm going to like kind of pull her aside and say, we found where the goblins were hiding, and we didn't find anyone alive. And uh, she immediately starts to cry a little bit. She's not like, I mean, of course she's very upset. You yeah. didn't make it worse, yeah. but she's very upset. And she said, did, did you find any evidence of my brother? We found someone. I don't know if it's your brother or not, but we did bring him back. Oh, and then, then she says to take me to him. Okay. Uh, and I just want to paint the scene. Where is Rill? Like, where did y'all leave? Or where did, Maybe where- like, by a tree like kind of behind the tavern like you don't want to like plop a dead body down like right in front of a restaurant i feel like i did not carry a corpse into the middle of okay town. yeah okay. so where did you where would you have left the corpse probably like outside of town like if there's a gate okay. or something okay. okay yeah probably like out by the gate uh real has propped up the dead body like in a sitting up position maybe with like his his legs crossed it's a weekend at Bernie's type situation. Uh, so and basically, Rill this to... is going to go badly no matter what I did with yeah. you. Well, R- <laughs> Rill's trying to make this person, you know, presentable. He, she, they want them. They want him to look good. You know, it's it's been a few days. Did did Rill put sunglasses on him? Uh, if Rill was allowed to have sunglasses from the <laughs> library and get ported down, then yes. Okay, then then yes. Okay, yes, yeah. Uh, and they also, like, fixed up his hair and uh, dusted off his clothes. He looks very nice. You know, for, for, a, dead, for a dead body. That last part is sweet. <laughs> Alright, so when Elsa sees him, she immediately comes off and takes the sunglasses off and just, like, curls them. She has no idea what they are. She has no patience <laughs> or sunglasses. So she's oh, just like, Ray-Bans. get these out of here. Uh... 
yeah, she's not interested in your Ray-Bans. Um, but she does, you know, know it's Tom. And she immediately, you know, gives him a big hug and cries for a minute and is, of course, uh, really sad. But when she's taken a minute to herself, she turns and looks at you and says, thank you for bringing him back. Uh, Rill offers a very shaky thumbs up and then a, a peace <laughs> sign with the other hand. So Zen will, like, crouch down next to her and be like, I know this won't help much, but there was a lot of money in that cave, and we did leave it there. So I can tell you where to find it, and you can decide what happens from there. So she uh, she wipes her eyes and nods and says, says, thank you. I That won't fix it, but that'll definitely help. And she gets like a like a map from you. Can you like draw a map out for her? Yeah, is that a skill you have? You think? Um, I have survival. That's that seems like a survival skill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you draw a map out for her, and uh, she uh, gets up on her tippy toes about as far as she can, and uh, gives you a little smooch on the cheek. Oh, and says uh, thank you for your help. Um, come back to Fandolin anytime, and uh, I I promise a share of that treasure is yours. Okay. All uh, right. Yeah, I mean we don't really need it. You should use it to take care of you and uh, you know any. Zen's just like and... cutting real off. Oh, like uh, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, bye. I'm I'm sorry about uh your brother. But we did scare off the goblin, so, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they shouldn't bother you anymore. And then they scuttle off <laughs> into the darkness, <laughs> like, like a very awkward crab. <laughs> so, uh, so are you all, are you all ready? Are you ready to go back? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna get out of sight of, like, any townspeople first, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. As soon as you're in position, just, you know, you go ahead and, and ask Linda if she can take you back. And again, you see that that star field uh, ahead of you in the darkness uh, and the darkness spreads and you have the feeling of being uh, surrounded by heavy salt water again. Uh, and next time you open your eyes, you're right back there, back in the book drop. <gasps> oh, God, I hate that so much. <laughs> Are the muffins still there? Yes. Uh, Linda has been waiting for you. She actually baked a, a new batch of muffins. I eat one. Great. Yeah. Knock yourselves out. She is so excited you're back. Do I have the jade frog in my pocket still? So uh, actually, can you roll a d20 for me? Okay. Uh, an eight. Oh, yes. You do have the frog. Nice. So this was one of the rare items. Um that can cross between dimensions when you bring it back. So you reach into your pocket and pull out the frog for Linda and she screams. Do I still have those teeth? Uh, no, you don't have the teeth. (laughs) Wait, no, that's not fair. Uh, go ahead and roll a D 20. I think that's an idea. I think if we want to keep mementos, we roll for them. We can see. I got a four. Oh no, they didn't make it back. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Um, so yeah. unfortunately the teeth don't make it back but the frog does and Linda is so appreciative of your gift she says that's so sweet of you thank you so much for bringing me this back you all did such a good job I'm so proud you were on my team let's always be on a team I think we make a great team you guys make a great team and I make a great anchor so maybe next time we'll switch it up I think maybe we're all going to make a great team oh this was wonderful 
Okay, yeah. Um, I th- thank you. I just, you know, I just thought you you like the frog, and I um, <laughs> Rose probably a little bit like uh, there was a dead person, and also they did shoot someone through the eye, and they are definitely like not used to that because they are basically like a college student. <laughs> yeah, and just like smacks real on the back. Like this one did a great job. I definitely killed many men today. I mm, <laughs> don't no, know. No, no, you to... only killed goblins. Okay, those are still people. Those those are people. I live down the street from uh oh god. My next door neighbor was a goblin. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna go sit down in See the you dark next time, for buddy. Uh, yeah. Just like a very shaky thumbs up as they uh, shuffle off to their bedroom. Zen responds with the finger guns, even though she does <laughs> she not doesn't know, know what a gun is. She doesn't know what guns are. <sighs> and uh, I, think, I think Linda just holds her frog again and just beams at everybody. Linda loves murder. <laughs> Linda loves success and maybe murder a little bit. Oh no. Linda is a yandere. <laughs> Y- yes, <laughs> I need to. I need to Google what a yandere is. Okay, but, but yes. All right. All right. Uh, I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Uh, I guess okay. we could. I was thinking of the after show. We could call it tea time because that's the acronym oh, of our I love that. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So let's let's have a tea time. All right. Um, so. As again, uh, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this was a um, D&D 5.0. Um, in this case, um, this was a slightly adapted version of the um, starter campaign, The Minds of Fandelver. So what did you all think about working with D&D 5.0? I love 5th edition. I think it's super great for like customization and roleplay. I mean... I guess there's a reason why we're kind of using that as our base. It's very accessible. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing about 5e is that, like, you have the base rules, right? And then you you also have more complicated rules, more crunchy numbers and stuff like that, if you feel like doing that, like playing with that, um, with, like, encumbrance or cover or, you know, all those kinds of things. But, like you know, at the base of it, there's just kind of like the D20 rule set and stuff like that. And it's pretty simple for anyone. It, it can seem intimidating, but once you learn the basics, it's really not so bad, especially since I feel like most people I know play like a kind of adapted, more narrative focused version of fifth edition anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of what's cool about D&D is just like being able to kind of jump in versus maybe like older editions of D&D. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and D&D's definitely had like a renaissance recently with just everyone has a D&D podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like podcasting has just become so big and then, you know, crit role of course and and, and just all these websites that make uh the standard rule sets like very accessible. So yeah, 5th edition is cool. 
This was honestly my first time playing 5th edition. I played a lot of 3.5, which is a bread tangle of a game. And so I I really loved it. Um, I appreciated how much cool stuff you can do with your class and with your race right out the gate. Like in 3.5, it was like you play a generic as elf for the first 25 levels. Oh no. Um, And in this one, it was like you can bite people right away. You can do special race abilities right away. You can do all this neat stuff. I appreciated that there were a lot fewer skills. So the skills that existed were like really straightforward. Like what's a medicine check for doing medicine? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I think the proficiency system works a lot better than like having to buy skill points. Skill ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Skill ranks are really a problem and it made it a lot more difficult to pick up and go and also a lot more difficult to carry over between campaigns or between sessions if you didn't like remember explicitly. And so, yeah, I like the proficiency and the um, the new skills a lot better. I thought the combat was a lot less nitty gritty than 3.5, which I also really appreciated. I mean, there's still stuff like cover and range distances and dashing and dodging and so on and so forth. But that and especially the death saving mechanism is a lot more like this makes sense. It gives you some wiggle room, but it's not overwhelming. There's not 87 million things to keep track of, which I appreciated. It made it a lot more fun and more creative to DM, even when I was mostly just using, you know, the default. I got to play around with the characters a lot more and not have to worry about like where everyone was on the honeycomb grid, um, which is not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely more. You can do a lot more like theater of the mind type stuff with 5e, Mm -hmm. kind of like going back to that narrative focus type thing. Um, Like, I'm sure you can do that with 3.5, but I personally don't remember too much about 3.5. I just know that, like, KOTOR, the, that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game, the battle system in that was, like, basically a 3.5 hack sort of type thing, like, uh, uh, an, uh, inspired type thing. I don't know if it's the exact same. And I, I don't like the battle system in KOTOR, so I'm gonna assume that I also would not like fighting in 3.5. <laughs> well, so the other thing is, we're doing level one combat today, which is... Yeah. It's so simple and streamlined that it's honestly kind of boring at level one. Like, Kite just shot stuff every (laughs) round, and I hit stuff with my axe every round, except for the one time I bit someone. But as you you level up, there is, like, a lot of cool stuff that you get. And I also like how I think the combination of, like, class plus background gives you a lot of, like, versatility that you don't get in... 3.5. 3.5. Yeah, I was I was really excited by how much flavor there was in the universe with actually making the me- the mechanics simpler. And I think that's one of the things that D&D has really emphasized in its past couple editions. It used to be that they went like nitty gritty with the mechanics and then recently they've adjusted more back to the narrative in terms of the published editions and I think that's like a huge strength for the system as a whole. At least for me, I love narratives. If I if I wanted to play, uh, you know, war games where things like position really matter, there's lots of games that do that, and I think that those games existing is awesome. But I personally like narrative fun times more. So. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like the strength of 5e, I think, uh, you know, on top of the renaissance with like a lot of people doing 5e podcasts and, you know, video casts and whatever is just like, it's that accessibility, right? Like, if more people can play your game, then you get more success and then it spreads even further. And it's like, like some people still play 3.5. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's, a, it's got a pretty active community, but it's like, you know, you can use 
grid systems and stuff like that in 5e like on roll 20 and people make maps it's like there's so many patreons where people make battle maps and stuff like that so but you know it's like you can pick and choose it's, it's just having the option of either doing a narrative focus or doing more combat heavy is just like it's always good to have more options you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think that the reason that dungeons and dragons for a long time was slang for basically tabletop is that it's just so accessible you know you can walk into a barnes and noble and buy a D starter set that has mini figs and it has um you know the beginner monster manual and the beginner kit and scenarios to play and that's mostly what i used today was was the beginner stuff and it's pretty comprehensive for what you need to know to actually play at least at the beginning obviously like you're gonna have to upgrade to a full dm manual at some point but right but if you're just a player you only need like the one book yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can get as creative as you want, or as keep it as simple as you want, which I think is is just a huge strength. There's just so much Dungeons and Dragons content, even outside of 5e, but especially 5e just has a ton. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the wider world of tabletop looks like as a DM and as a player. Um, I really enjoy some other tabletop content um, as a, like a listener or a watcher or a Twitter reader. I'm really excited to see what else is out there when we start, especially getting into indies because um, it's like D&D is awesome. It's accessible. There's a ton of different ways to play it. Um, it's really popular and easy to get your hands on. It's um, it integrates great with online tools like Beyond, but there's so much more out there and I'm really excited to explore and see what other avenues people have picked up for tabletop gaming. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll come across some systems where it's like, this is terrible. I can't stand it. But well, fuck, now we don't have episodes for the next month because this game sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's valuable to say, like, we really struggled through this game. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it might also give us it'll give us the opportunity to both learn more about our preferences and also potentially to revisit when we're slightly stronger players and um, GMs. It might very well be that, like, we start playing something like, um, I don't know, what was the one I wanted to play? Monster of the Week? No, the one's like cyberpunky, but it's like it's like urban. Okay, I can't remember. It's like the urban fantasy one, and it's kind of cyberpunky, and there's like cyber wizards, and it's like really nitty gritty to play. Interesting. Okay, I mean cyber wizards. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. So anyway, like I'm sure there's systems that like are going to be really challenging to start at the beginning, and as we get better and we start seeing more commonalities and we start seeing you know more tricks that help us be better players and better GMs, that we can actually go back and revisit some of those that we found are kind of challenging. So I mean that's fun too. Like we're gonna have lots of opportunities to drop in and out, and hopefully people will learn from the mistakes that we make. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. I look forward to all the emails about um, all the things that we did wrong. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, yeah, it'd be really cool to have people listen to our podcast. And then I'm also like, fuck, I don't want people to send us like emails like, hey, you fucking idiots. Yeah, you rolled yeah. the wrong dice. <laughs> so like, for example, here's a thing we didn't do at all in this was Attack of Opportunity, which is oh, yeah. one of those Dungeons and Dragons things that is like a core mechanic that I never use in any game I play. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah. I took notes on it and I was like, mm. to be fair, I okay, well. Oh, I guess there was two times where the goblins ran away where I could have gotten an attack. No, I was down that one time. Well, I guess if they're disengaging, there's no yeah. attack of opportunity. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, you could just say if they're retreating, they could have just, let's just go back and say they disengaged. <laughs> hey, Ziva, you have to say disengage so that Dorka can edit that in to your... <laughs> 
just, just splice it into your audio. Just say the goblin has disengaged. Disengaged. The goblin has disengaged. Excellent. They'll never know the difference. Just use the AI filter to just just plug in these random words where I fuck up. Sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I thought um, this was really good practice. I am extremely rusty GMing. And so um, so it was fun to get to pick it back up again. And it re- makes me remember like why I have, have been very ride or die about D&D in the past, which is that it's just a fun system to use. It is. You did not seem rusty and it did not seem like it was your first time. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. It's been my first time in a long fucking time. But yeah, I mean, I did like I, you know, I did some preps, so that did help. Yeah. Oh, prep is definitely helpful. Always. Yeah, that I'm definitely going to have that in my back pocket for the future. I think just like as very general GMing advice is like, it's best to plan out the layout of a game versus like very specific scenarios so like it might be good to prepare a list of npcs with names on them and you don't necessarily have like oh this npc will be here and this npc will be here but like it's like if your players walk into a building and you're like fuck i did not expect them to walk into this house because why would they and then you're like well now i need to fill it with npcs you're like okay well i just pull the npcs from my storage bring them out and then you have you have binders full of npcs yeah you know it so that's kind of (laughs) like like one thing is like instead of being like yes i need this npc here it's it's a lot about like fluidity and obviously some improv like it's tabletop and role-playing role-playing is improv you know at its base and also just like i think that's one thing i really like about monster of the week is that they have a lot of focus on like a timeline so it's kind of like this is what the monster is doing in the background and if you don't do this certain thing by this certain time then sort of like the doomsday clock advances and so that's kind of like what monster week does is like an overarching plot that you keep track of and then you know that dictates the world around the players and i think that's a lot easier to improv and make up on the spot because it's it's like instead of being like oh i need to know what happens exactly here if they come here it's like well here's my npc's motive here's what's happening in the world around them this is what they would do kind of i guess if that makes sense yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. And it's one of the limitations of using a pre-bake like I did with this, which is that the data is organized how they organized it, which is, you know, gave me some jumping off points to do some things that I think were more suited for what I wanted you all to do instead of sending you off on like wild juice chase randomness. Mm-hmm. I think you adapted it very well to kind of the archivist library narrative. Yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, and that's another piece, of course, that we get to play with in this show, which is um, getting to play with archivists a little bit more, which is fun. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, that's a good, a good idea to keep in mind how you structure a campaign. And it's not just, you know, what town do they go to? What, where do they go here? You know, what's there? But keeping in mind the li- larger universe and, and having some flexibility with your characters so that it's also just more feels like real people inhabiting a world and not, not like, this is the innkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, think I really enjoyed it and I look forward to, uh, to our next one, which is also going to be a D&D 5e, but it's going to be GM'd by Dorka. Yep. Uh, what level are you starting us off at? Well, I think three, I think, is when you start to get all the cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, like the latest certain classes get subclasses will be, yeah, probably, it will be three. But yeah, bards are super great. Um, I'm so excited. Bards at level two get something called Jack of All Trades, which is like you take your proficiency bonus and you have it. And so anything you don't have proficiency in, you add half of your proficiency to to that. So you basically get like a buff 
to all your skill checks. And then, oh, it's gonna be so fun. Yeah, Bardic Inspiration is fantastic where you like add a dice to you basically sing a song and then you inspire your party members and they can add i think it starts at a 1d6 to any like check they make basically and that's just like a bonus action so it's just like amazing yeah no bars are fantastic i'm really looking forward to it yeah it'll be also nice to have like someone who can heal i think rangers yeah do get like a cantrip heal or something so i will probably take that just so i have it (laughs) considering how many times i got knocked out Leading off of that, let's discuss like what we learned from this and what we should take into the next one. I think the first thing is like a set of starter gear, basically. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was gonna say starting with like a cache in the world that we can choose from or stuff from the library that we take over in a you know multiverse box or what have you would be a really good idea. It didn't occur to me um, how tough it would be without like any starting equipment. So yes, that would be a good one. From a GM perspective keeping like world level stuff in mind so that I have a little flexibility in storytelling would be really nice because like I said with this one it was like here is part one here is part two and that's not how I would personally like my campaigns to read it makes it less flexible so that's a really good point to take moving forward yeah I think it might be even interesting because if we're revisiting some of these worlds and game systems you know, in the future, maybe some of that progress will roll over sort of like how the next session will be level three or like, you know, sometimes we'll have items that we bring back like the jade frog statuette. Like, is that something we can bring back to the world? Does it have a special ability? Like, it's kind of like, because, you know, our whole thing is we collect information, knowledge, items, what have you. And I feel like to a degree, it would make sense to equip your archivists with kind of this equipment if they're going out fighting monsters and whatever, you know, it would, it doesn't make sense if you have like a whole thing of like magical weapons, right? To like, just be like, okay, you get a basic dagger. Okay, now go, go fight this dragon. <laughs> but obviously we can't do something like, oh, you can bring this gun into D&D world. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, cause, cause we're, we're, we need to like maintain integrity of these dimensions. Cause that's right. kind of like the point. Yeah. No, totally. But yeah, like, I think it'd be cool if it's kind of like, there's progress to be made, right? Like, yeah. As an example, I guess, like a an idea of what I have planned next week. So for my first one shot, I'm going to have you guys like collect an item that isn't supposed to be there. And then at a point in the future, I'm planning to have you go to play a different game, go to a different system where that item originated from. Oh, yeah, that'd be to dope. To put it back. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So that that's some sort of narrative continuity. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So it sounds like we're at a pretty good wrapping up spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to do a little outro if that's okay, because I'm really enjoying that kind of stuff. Hell Go yeah. For it. Did you choose music, Dorka? No. Okay. I mean, we have like a list of music. <laughs> yeah. I'm basically going to see how it sounds when we actually like put it in. Okay. Um, so I would do something, and this is just a practice, just to like spitball um, on tape, so to speak. Something like, thank you for listening to the Eternity Archives. You can find us on Twitter at the Eternity Archives, right? Is that it? I think it's the Archives Pod. Yeah. Okay. So you can find us on Twitter at T-E Archives Pod. No, it's just, it's the Archives Pod. T-H-E. T-H-E. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at the Archives Pod. You can find us on Gmail at whatever our Gmail is. Thank you to uh, artist number one and artist number two for the use of our theme song and our outro music. Please join us again next week as we dive into Dungeons and Dragons 5.0. Ta-da! Yay!
Okay. Awesome. Um, Awesome. This was really good, y'all. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 Should we stop the recording now?